0: Welcome into two foreign drafts, Austin Gale here, the host of two foreign drafts, the rookies and draft prospects podcast today. It's our classic review NFL week three college football week four, we're going to talk about our top five rookies from the week Our after close segment looking at second year guys that performed above expectation our blackout segment bad rookie performances raise the glass and we're going to pivot to the college level raise the glass is where we talk about top college performances from draft prospects and on the other side of that pour one out some bad performances from college prospects and then we're going to finish with a fake id segment a guy that's not eligible for the 2021 nfl draft that balled out in college football week four let's get it The Myth, The Legend, back on 2 foreign Drafts. How are you feeling now three weeks into the season?
1: Did I leave? Did I go left, somewhere?
0: <laughs> sometimes I feel like I miss you, and I kind of use this opportunity to hang out with yeah. you. You know, because yeah. you always say, like, yeah, come over, and then, like, you never answer the door. It's, like, kind of weird <laughs> like that.
1: But No, so you say week three when you were doing the intro. I think we should all just agree that that first week of college football was like week zero. And we could like, just
0: say week three every time? Yes. I think like, that's
1: I, fair. I hate, I hate that they're uh, like one week apart because those <laughs> games sucked like that first week. There was nothing good on. Just delete that week. Just call it all. This is week three of football. Right You're right. now was going on.
0: You're 100% right. I think I want to do that moving forward. I, I apologize again. No, I'm just and, saying. Like
1: Everyone else is calling. like It is technically week four or whatever in college football, mm-hmm. but it should be week three.
0: All right. Well, I'm excited for this podcast. Like I said, we got rolling rooks to start our top five rookies from the previous week. Got to start with a big, big ass performance. Justin Jefferson, the Minnesota wide receiver drafted in the first round out of LSU goes for what? 175 yards and a breakout performance. I mean, I remember talking to you know some of the PFF guys early in that game and I was like, oh man this guy's getting targeted a ton I think he finished the game with a 33 34 percent target share in that game and really you know made the most of it played a ton against a lot of off coverage had won a couple single coverage concepts had a really nice contested catch in this game but the biggest play of the day was beaten man coverage um deep you know a deep cross and then kind of taking it to the house and was able to celebrate what 10 yards before the score uh what was your overall opinions on the Justin Jefferson breakout game
1: yeah I mean the Vikings they're a mess but seeing that is encouraging like the fact seeing those young guys that's pretty much all you have to look forward to right now if you're the vikings (laughs) it's just like getting some development out of those young guys because they're so reliant on rookies and this was not the year to be reliant on rookies and even justin jefferson like first two weeks of the season he wasn't even like the starter there now he gets starter snaps playing more from the outside 45 snaps this past week as a wide wide receiver he only had 11 combined the first two weeks he was playing from the slot so they gave him that opportunity and he made the most of it now a lot of that production wasn't you know him actually one-on-one with some cornerbacks the probably the best play in my opinion was actually the contested catch that he made down the sideline on a go ball he got he stacked a cornerback he was in good position and obviously he made finished the play so uh, on a that was not a great throw, I'll say. Like, it could have been thrown better and put in a better place. So, yeah, like Justin Jefferson, that was what he looked like. That's what he looked like at LSU, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. And that's what we saw.
0: I think the the contestant catch was very reminiscent of his time at LSU. He had really good ball skills showed off there. And also, kind of the craftiness with his releases against off-coverage, trying to create separation on out-routes and those things, I thought... You saw a lot of the same Justin Jefferson that we saw at LSU, and I think um, that's really encouraging. Seventy-eight yards after the catch, two force missed tackles in this game. I, I think again, Justin Jefferson is going to see probably a twenty to thirty percent target share for the rest of the season, especially with Adam Thielen being the only other real guy there. The fact that Olabisi Johnson and others were getting you know feed it, fed targets, feed it, fed targets in this offense in the first two weeks is just absurd. I'm glad he got his shot got the most of it, and now I expect him to be kind of a focal point for that offense. He leads, I think, all wide receivers in yards per route run now. I I believe with at least 60 routes run so far this season. Moving forward, number two on the rolling rooks list here is some of my favorite tape of the weekend, Michael Unwenu, the guard from New England Patriots, was putting on a show against what is, yes, a very bad Las Vegas Raiders defense. I mean, even at linebacker, they, you saw some struggles from Corey Littleton so far this year. Uh, but overall, really impressive performance for the, the rookie guard out of Michigan.
1: Yeah, Unwenu. And what, one of the biggest things to me is he looks slimmer than last year. Like he, he was a beer
0: belly segment. He was our, uh, he was uh, our initial
1: uh, beer belly segment, and they listed him at 350, but apparently he was playing at 400 pounds, damn near 400 what? pounds last year. And that's why he was <laughs> his foot speed was a little slow, and, and that's why he was not necessarily the most fleet of foot, and that's why he dropped to the sixth round. But I think a lot of people are kicking themselves right now after seeing what he looked like this past week and earlier weeks filling in a tackle uh, and being their kind of sixth offensive lineman when they went heavy there in New England because he looks – really damn good fills in at left guard this past week had a number of you know legit pancake blocks in this game I I think the team that really should be kicking themselves is the Baltimore Ravens because he would be the perfect sort of people mover in that run heavy offense that is who he is like he leans on dudes at 350 pounds and even right now we're seeing it he can move the line of scrimmage and he plays with such he's plays so under control for a lot of bigger guards you know, who have that physical advantage. They want they're out for blood. They're trying to kill you. They're trying to just move you off the ball. And so they get over get over exaggerated or get over their toes and they can, you know, be thrown off balance. That's not the case with Ben-Away. no He looked really just comfortable playing the position. Uh but the Ravens went Tyra Phillips in the third round, a very similar sort of uh body type in terms of a bigger guard, a guy you're gonna try to move the line of scrimmage with. He's been uh, not good in pass pro, shall we say. We'll see how he does against the Chiefs here tonight. But the first two weeks, not good at all. Uh, I think on Wayne, looks much, much better here right out the game.
0: I thought that was one of the bigger things I came away with is that his feet looked good. And I feel like as big as that dude is, with having yeah. good feet and moving to the second level well, I think I thought he attacked leverage as well. I thought he ne- it never looked out of position. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that has been rare for some of the offensive linemen that had been rookies so far this year. The other thing I want to mention how good are the New England Patriots at drafting offensive linemen? I mean, sure. they drafted and Michael and Nwaynu. We really liked Yeldi Froholt coming out of um, Arkansas. I mean, Tooney, other guys as well. Like I think we really like Tooney. Do yeah. Isaiah Wynn, who's like I think one yeah. of the few tackles who has only allowed one or two pressures so far this year. They've done a really good job of, of finding guys in the trenches that can really play up front. So Michael and Waynu, the number two rookie on our list here. Number three, Kind of a bounce back. I mean, this is a big bounce back for him. He earned sub-30 overall grades in weeks one and week two. Second week being largely to do two really boneheaded penalties. But this week, looked apart finally. Derek Brown, the Carolina Panthers defensive tackle, the first rounder out of Auburn.
1: Yeah, in the first two weeks, he just wasn't like double-teams uh just wasn't quite ready for you know how nfl double teams hit you like he was not Dude, attacking them I, quite to right. exactly <laughs> like uh, until you face them routinely you're not going to uh know what how that feels and i think he just wasn't quite up to the speed of the game and it was you know was going up against the raiders line that's about the most difficult uh to go up yeah, against incognito in ronnie hudson yeah. and, gabe and gabe jackson, jackson on we'll the interior there is difficult that's a difficult assignment this past week chargers not quite as difficult an assignment and you saw one-on-one that sort of physicality that was his calling card at Auburn where he's just like he's in control of you you're not in control of him you saw that routinely this past week so nice for you know nice for Panthers fans there to see that oh yeah that guy we drafted top 10 because of what he can do uh from a physical perspective, from a strength perspective, he still got that.
0: Yep. I I put in my notes here. First game, he didn't get absolutely dogged in the run game and also made some splash plays as well. He threw some linemen around in that game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Joe Burrow making our list here at number four. I was – really impressed with ha- how well he was throwing the football between 10 and 19 yards and especially with how often this guy's under pressure there's only one quarterback mike in the nfl that has been under pressure on over 60 dropbacks this year his name is joe burrow and yeah. he's playing with a very bad Bengals offensive line and an offensive scheme that i know zach taylor is trying to Tailor to his, you know, skill set of what he did well, at right. LSU, but he's trying to, he's trying to tailor the skill set to Joe Burrow when the rest of the offense can't handle it. Mm-hmm. The, the tight ends can't create separation. The offensive line is not a collegiate award winner like LSU's was, and you're starting to see him struggle because of that. When he finally gets protection, he looks good moving the ball downfield, and even out of structure, I thought the spin move who was against Derek Barnett or Fletcher Cox was hilarious, where he tried yeah. to like spin out of that sack. But outside of that, I thought was really impressive out of structure, move the ball downfield really well the second highest graded quarterback on throws less than 20 yards downfield
1: is Joe Burrow through three weeks I mean accuracy is accuracy like he can <laughs> throw the ball where it needs to go they they just need to give him some time man like that is disastrous how much he's under pressure he sacked eight times this week you you are risking sort of I don't want to say shooting his confidence at this point monster hit I, yeah he took about as big a hit as any quarterbacks taken all season uh, you're not going to ruin this guy's confidence he's far too confident but you're just gonna—you could change like his eye level. You don't want him worried about that pass rush uh, as much as he's going to be worried about that pass rush by the end of the year. If he's dropping back over 50 times a game through the first three weeks, just they're throwing him basically to the wolves and saying you win us the game because we're not gonna have any run game with how bad our offensive line is. So it, there are some worrisome things from that perspective. But the way he's playing right now, 64.2 passing grade in week one, 67.2 in week two. 84.4 week three it's trending upwards and he looks more comfortable every single week so uh yeah i think the Bengals got themselves a good one
0: i mean you talk about the run game. Joe Mixon is averaging 0.67 yards before contact per attempt, the second lowest figure of any starting back in the NFL. He's not finding – and it's tough sledding across the board. And now you have to throw Joe Burrow even more into the fire because you don't have that opportunity to to run the football effectively and, and get yourself out of situations like long second and third downs. Um, I, I think he's playing as best as you could possibly hope for behind this offensive line. Bobby, Bobby Hart, I think, has allowed the second most pressures in the NFL through uh, three weeks, which, which I know was a huge surprise for you and surprise for everyone because Bobby Hart has, you know, otherwise been a stalwart um, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Moving to number five, Thursday Night Football Jam here. Mm-hmm. James Robinson. This dude's, this dude's interesting. And I, I, he's kind of got a thick build, no breakaway speed, not in the slightest, yes.
1: but I think he... One he, speed. Like, it's like, it's within two yards he's at full speed yeah and then he stays at that <laughs> for the next 40. I feel like very
0: much unlike Derrick Henry I was watching that Titans game and Derrick Henry very slow to the line of scrimmage Build-up but speed. if he breaks it he's like he starts to really get going with James Robinson it's one speed I was really impressed with how he caught the ball into the backfield for Jacksonville it's wild man I mean undrafted running back coming in and I think he's already had more success and been more efficient than um, Jeff, Leonard Fournette was for the Jags in, in
1: previous years he's just the type of running back that translates well to the NFL the type of build that mm-hmm. translates well because he's short you know about 5'9 220 pounds thick legs and explosive in short area that is you, you don't get a lot of build-up opportunities in the NFL you have to be quick uh, you know running a four there there's been so many running backs that run four threes but aren't home run hitters because you don't have that kind of space. You don't get that kind of room. Uh, you have to be short-air quickness, and you have to shred arm tackles. That's what wins in the NFL. James Robinson's been doing that. That mm-hmm. is what has done, four broken tackles on six catches in this one and another one on the ground. Uh, I, th- I think he's he's not exceptional running back, but he's – you can get the job done with a guy like James Robinson.
0: And it's wild how much the Jacksonville Jaguars have been willing to give him, like, the load. Like, he is get the clear leader in, in offensive snaps in that, in that backfield, the clear leader mm-hmm. in targets for for running backs there. I you know, people were like trying to bring bring back the divina Zigbo hype train it was not coming man james robinson the clear front runner for jacksonville and i don't see that going away anytime soon that lowered shoulder i think it was on like a a reception where he broke that tackle for a first down was was really impressive i think james robinson is there to stay in jacksonville all right we're going to get to the after close segment next where we look at some of the top second year player performances but before we do we got to get a message from our sponsors PFF has a new daily betting podcast that features George Juhuri, Eric Eager, Ben Brown, Kevin Cole, Lee Sharp, and myself. And this thing's every single day. Daily betting podcast. It's 50-minute episodes discussing fantasy, redraft, and DFS, props and betting for NFL and college football. A lot of fun stuff there. All powered by PFF Greenline, a betting dashboard for every NFL and NCAA game that offers predictions on the spread, money line, and total made available to all elite subscribers. Make sure you check out PFF's daily betting podcast win your fantasy leagues with pff's edge subscription which includes fantasy football rankings projections advanced stats and exclusive content and more bet to win with pff's elite subscription which includes betting dashboards for every nfl and ncaa game along with a new player props tool definitely recommend that and all diehard college football fans can subscribe to pff's new cfb subscriptions to get access to player grades and advanced stats for the entire fbs all first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least $20 into their new account while using promo code PFF will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's a $40 value for just $20. And you'll get the opportunity to turn that $20 into an even more even more money playing daily fantasy and prop games at one of the fastest-growing fantasy sports sites in the USA in Monkey Knife Fight. Go to Monkey Knife Fight and deposit your $20 with promo code PFF today to receive your free PFF Edge annual subscription. MooseFit is a premium online workout program and remote coaching service that provides you with daily workouts based on your goals, the time you have available, and the equipment you have at your disposal. Purchase your MooseFit membership and a MooseFit coach will reach out to you with a questionnaire. Based on the information provided in the questionnaire, your MooseFit coach will either assign a pre-made program to you or will create your custom program for you. No two programs, no two custom programs are the same. For PFF listeners, use promo code PFF50 and receive 50% off your first month uh, at MooseFit. For more information, check them out at Instagram at MooseFit or their website, www.moosefit.co.com.co. After close this was actually a segment that you know a YouTube commenter mentioned I think or maybe it was a commenter on our podcast that said hey you guys should talk about you know the second year guys a little bit because we spent so much time on them in the previous year and I kind of like it I I turned on the tape for Trayvon Mullen to start Las Vegas Raiders cornerback this was the most comfortable I think I've seen Trayvon Mullen and any young Raiders cornerback look in a single game. For a few years, he had four pass breakups in this game. I thought there's one in single coverage against Julian Edelman on a crosser that I think really showed off talent. The rest were in off coverage concepts, one in cover three. Um, but Trayvon Mullen in a secondary where it's roller coaster season. Damon Arnett has struggled a bit. Even Jonathan Abram, despite having a pick in this game, has been a bit of a roller coaster his entire career. Uh, Trayvon Mullen, I think you have to be kind of excited about this past week for him.
1: Yeah, I was going to actually bring up Abram there in terms of the after close. His angles on some of those tackles were just not... <laughs> and Eric good. Like, Harris
0: isn't any better. The other yeah. safety for the Raiders is also struggling significantly.
1: Well, and also, I mean, even Trayvon Mullen missed two tackles in this game. He's missed a tackle every <laughs> single week. So, the, yeah, they have some issues there on the back end. But if Mullen can turn things around, they, they just need someone to turn things around because no one has really established themselves as being able to Stick with wide receivers. I mean,
0: sense. how hot is that seat for Gunther? I, I feel like, they've, lot, like they've, they've tried to add pieces along the defensive line. Cleveland Furrell, Max Crosby, Corey Littleton, Nick Witkowski, yeah. uh, Malik Collins, Trayvon Mullen. I mean, they've tried to just throw everything they could. The kitchen sink at this defense. And still, I feel like every year you're talking about the same issues. Missed tackles, big plays, no one in the secondary. I, I feel like at a certain point, it's a systemic issue that needs to get addressed up top.
1: Well, I said it going into the season. Who they're drafting, the skill sets they got in, in Mullen and Arnett were not zone corners. For what you know, mm-hmm. that's what Gunther runs. They are not a press man heavy team whatsoever. Uh, these guys, though, that's what they cut their teeth in at Clemson and Ohio State, respectively. Uh, and now you have Rod Marinelli as your defensive line coach, one of the most you know respected sort of defensive coaches over the last couple decades. I do think the seat is pretty hot there for him. It's tough, man. It's tough
0: to see. All right, the other guy I wanted to bring up on the after-close segment was Chase Winovich. In that same game, was beating up on backup offensive linemen for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think John Simpson, the rookie out of Clemson, Mm -hmm. played in this game, and then also Denzel Good started, I think, at right tackle in place of Trent Brown there. He he beat him up a handful of times. I think he had the best pass-rushing snap of his career on that strip sack where he just beat the doors off of him with speed and dipped his shoulder. And then even he beat the guard as well. And there were other... Other pass rushing snaps where it didn't result in a sack or a strip sack that I thought were really impressive in this game. Um, I think it was easily the best game of his career. And he's shown two, surprisingly, I guess not surprisingly, but really good against the run and more than just a high effort player. Like he does hold the edge well. I-, I thought Chase Winovich looked good in this one.
1: Yeah, three straight games now of multiple pressures. We said it coming out. He was better at the time he got drafted than Rashawn Gary. I think he's still better than Rashawn Gary. Like Rashawn Gary still hasn't... Uh, Developed at all, Rashawn Gary's only seven pressures on the year on fifty-eight pass rushing snaps and fifty-nine point nine pass rushing grade. Chase Winovich over eighty pass rushing grade now for the season. Yeah, I do think he's not. He's never going to be Von Miller. He's, I don't think he's, I don't think he's got an elite pass rushing skill set by any means. But I think he can be a productive pass rusher. And again, if you're going up against some slaps at tackle, you better dominate, and he dominated this game. Yep.
0: All right, last guy I want to mention, largely because that. Uh, Eric McCoy the center for the New Orleans Saints the former Texas A&M center who I thought when I interviewed him a few years ago was one of the more you know, one of the smarter players I talked to in that class because of you know what he was looking at pre-snap he was a very smart player and I think I'm not surprised that here in the second highest grade we've ever given a rookie center in his, this previous year behind Nick Mangold. And this year, already after a really good start. I thought he has, he has really good feet in the run game. He h- understands angles. He understands leverages and how to get in front of people without necessarily overpowering dudes. And secondly, on the Kamara TD... That was not a screen. He, you know, he goes, you know, Kamara catches that one out of the Mm fight, sees it, and dude just gets on his horse, just out there grinding. Beer belly segment for sure. Gets in front, makes the block. He's pretty pretty slim, though. Pretty slim, but I mean, for a fat boy getting out there on his horse was was really impressive. I was like, who is? Oh, that's Eric McCoy. Uh, That play in and of itself was awesome as well. But uh, Eric McCoy is another guy. I'll highlight on after close.
1: Yeah, I mean, that dude is probably already an elite center in the NFL. He's very versatile good in pass bro and obviously like drew Brees and his release whatever helps in pass protection but i think he wouldn't even need it like that guy is is good enough on his own so i yeah i i do believe eric mccoy like i said in the conversation for top five center in the nfl right now
0: there you go all right pivoting from after close it's time for the blackout segment the this is a segment where we highlight one or a handful of performances from rookies in the nfl that they wish they blacked out for and could not remember so because And I love this one because it's not one player. It's rookie corners, plural. And we're (laughs) going to break down a handful of them here. I want to start with, and I almost want to pour one out for myself. Trayvon Diggs, I wrote a piece before the draft saying this guy 's still a first round talent. I was really impressed with you know his single coverage metrics, his press coverage metrics. You turn on the tape if he gets physical with receivers, he can win all the time. But you look at him now and he 's running more off coverage at Dow, in, in, for the Dallas Cowboys than he did at Alabama, and two, even when in press, there are guys that are just beating him with quickness. He looks like he 's running with two bags of sand in his cleats, and I think there were concerns with diggs 's Diggs is. Diggs's short area quickness, mm-hmm. athleticism, long speed, but I thought he could make up for it with the long arms and the press of the line of scrimmage. I wrote in my notes here, if he does not get a hand on you, he's going to get burnt. And that's what you saw with DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett kind of got in his you know gotten his bag a little bit with him. Um where are you with Trevon Diggs? Is it all hell breaks loose, you know, it, it's over for him or is there ways no. he can rally? Oh,
1: got no. no, I don't think at all. Like he's he's the type of corner that is you're just going to have to accept he's going to give up some big plays at times. He mm-hmm. is a boomer bust. Like an bust. Xavier Rhodes. I, yeah, I mean, very yes. similar to Xavier Rhodes. Yes, he is a boomer bust. He will take a guy, he can take a guy out of progression at times and press coverage, but he can also just get torched deep because he doesn't have that type of, you know, high in athleticism. So I do think that uh, there's no, I'm not, not even writing him off by any means. I mean, even in this game, he had a couple uh, pass forced incompletions and he had that nice forced fumble right at the goal line yeah. to save himself a little mm-hmm. bit on that rep. So, I do think there's been encouraging signs, but if you're expecting him to come out the gate and be this guy who's just going to lock down one side of the field, that just wasn't going to be who he is.
0: Yeah. The the other corner I'll bring up, and there's another guy I really liked coming out. And I I, I, I have less concerns with Jeff Gladney than I feel like I have with Trayvon Diggs through three weeks. But Gladney, there's one play. I mean, there's a couple of plays where he got beat in off-coverage concepts, but there's one on the PA deep shot to Kalief Raymond, which the Tennessee Titans are hanging their hat on, by the way. They love the, you know Kalief Raymond going mm-hmm. downfield. Um, it's going deep against Kalief Raymond. It's off-coverage. You know, Cleef baits him into one flip and then comes on the other side and comes open deep. I thought Gladney was getting out schooled by some veterans this past week.
1: See, I'm a little more worried with Gladney than okay. I am with Diggs because he, he didn't even start. Like he couldn't even start for them to start the year. Like he got you just you rarely, if ever, I'm trying to think of the amount of times I've seen two guys draft at the same position cornerback uh, obviously in this case but uh, two guys drafted the same position where the guy drafted lower two rounds lower mind you gets the starting nod over the guy drafted two rounds ahead not due to injury not due to anything else just due to what they saw from them in camp that just is so rare to me and then since he's hit the field 39.3 coverage grade for the season uh, almost 200 yards in two games he's allowed that's not good.
0: It's not good. It's not good. Another corner we'll bring up here is CJ Henderson. After such a good start, you know who showed up against the Miami Dolphins on week three? It was the C.J. Henderson at Florida that was like some boneheaded mistakes. He had that one where he gave up the reception and didn't touch the guy on the ground and got yeah. up and ran for more yards. Obviously, that was saved by Andrew Wingard, the former Wyoming safety. Mountain West, rise up. However, C.J. Henderson looked bad in this game. A 32.5 PFF coverage grade, average, uh, or allowed um, 62 yards, a TD, no passes defensed. I, I, I was really concerned with this one. He just looked out of it. I, I feel like he looked out of it. Devontae Parker yeah. and company were beating up on this kid.
1: That, and that was his MO, though, at – it was at Florida. It was, was was just it wasn't a roller coaster in, in like what we're talking about with Trayvon Diggs in terms of giving up big plays, but just some games you did not see the same fire and you did not see the same uh, you know uh, whatever you want to call it gamerness trying to like go he up played down to Miami. Yeah. I feel like a
0: lot of the Jacksonville Jaguars team played down to Miami. Like you know we're we're three point favorites. <laughs> didn't have the same juice. Just didn't have the same juice. Yeah. Uh, all right, couple more cornerbacks here. We'll bring up Jeffrey Okuda trial by fire is an understatement this guy has had trial by volcano <laughs> he's going against in week two first start our first game in the nfl goes against Devonte adams shadows him and gets burnt yeah week three goes against deandre hopkins who would yeah. i mean is another an he, elite receiver in the just, nfl it's
1: not going to get harder than that
0: and he had the interception in this game that i thought was impressive but outside of that it's like yeah they had him in a ton of off coverage concepts and then arizona was just feeding on it just like they were attacking him they obviously saw him as a weakness um and then I think there was that one early in the game where he's playing press against DeAndre Hopkins and just whoops him, whoops him with the hand tech, hand fighting down the sideline and beats him at the catch point as well. Jeffrey Akuda, I think it gets better, <laughs> it gets better for Jeffrey Akuda. But for through two weeks, you also factor in the Kyler Kyler Murray soul taking on the goal line where he got buttered at the line of scrimmage. This was not a good first two weeks for Akuda.
1: No, yeah, coming off of an injury, short off season. Hey. Go one-on-one against Devontae Adams and DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. It, it just, it, it, it's not going to—it wasn't going to be good. Like, it no. never was going to be good, unfortunately. The pick loved that play, loved his burst to close on that. There's not much else to, to get excited about with the rest of his performance, but it's like— Due to your three weeks in, you have the about us. It's like I said, it's only going to get easier. You're never going to have a more difficult assignment than what you just had.
0: Darnay Holmes, through three weeks, a 32.1 PFF grade on 99 total snaps. This past week, allowed four receptions from five targets for 60 yards, including a 23 yard or, or no, 20 yard reception. It's not looked good for Darnay Holmes so far. But with that being said... That's the whole Giants defense. Yeah, it hasn't looked uh, good for the Giants defense. They're struggling to really? get pressure up front. They're struggling to score offensively. They're constantly in bad field position. Uh, is it me? Am I just like, kind of like getting excited for my guy, Darnay Holmes? I love the guy. <laughs> but it's been, a, it's been tough. I, I'm also... I feel like as we continue to just dog these rookie corners, I think playing rookie corner with an abbreviated offseason and no preseason might be one of the hardest transitions outside of quarterback. Yeah. You know, like this is... Especially for guys like Akuda going against top flight competition,
1: it's not going to be easy for any of these guys out of the gate. I, I would even say it's probably harder than quarterback because quarterback, you can, you know, so you know if it's going to be Herbert or Burrow. You, the coach knows that and is not going to call stuff they don't know. Yeah. Like, not stuff they're not comfortable with. Plus, you get way more reps. Every, everyone else besides that rookie corner is comfortable with whatever the DC is calling.
0: Fair, fair, fair. You know, so he's That's not
1: going to sugarcoat it for you. you got to just get up to speed. And, like, a lot of college defenses don't run diverse coverage games. You're running the same thing at in college. A good deal of snaps. You're, you're not doing – if you're the cornerback position and you're static in your alignment – it 's not going to change much the nFL that 's not the case at all you 're asked to do a ton more stuff, so I do think that that uh cornerback like we mentioned in these blackout guys looking good if you look good right now that 's very encouraging if you look bad I, i'm not going to take a big sort of uh, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. I mm-hmm. guess we'll say we're even
0: throwing Jalen Johnson on this
1: list. He did poorly this
0: after a really strong week mm-hmm. our strong first two weeks. they're earned a 41.6 coverage grade in this one. Allowed four receptions for 51 yards on six
1: targets. Nobody's safe.
0: Nobody is safe, safe from the blackout segment <laughs> for rookie corners. I I still feel like Jalen Johnson is an arm and a leg better than any. He looked so very far. no,
1: yeah, I'm, he has looked very good. Uh, you went up against a very talented passing offense here in the Atlanta Falcons. So no shame in giving up a few yards. This first game without a PBU, uh, he, he has looked, and especially when he gets in press coverage, he's looked very good.
0: Yep. I put, I tweeted out, uh, he's allowed 0.19 yards per coverage snap when it lined up in press, um, and that's the best in the NFL, so uh, through, two, through three weeks. Um, looking now, away from the blackout segment here, it's time to get to the collegiate level.
1: Because they were...
0: This week. SEC was back. And it was, honestly, there's so many fun matchups to watch. I have to explain a bad beat, though. I don't know if you listened to the Thursday episode, but I highlighted the Missouri-Alabama under. Mm-hmm. As time expired, Missouri quarterback runs in a touchdown to take it to the over. That was an under game, guys. You, <laughs> you, we were right to pick that game. We got screwed. You know, that yeah. muffed pun or whatever it was gave him good field position. It was it was a terrible game, a, such a bad beat. But outside of the betting aspect of it, let's raise a glass to some of the guys that played really well this past week. And who better to start with than the tight end one, Kyle Pitts of Florida. He is a monster. How he, good did he look? He's looked so good. I mean, I, I think he's the tight end one. I don't know if yeah. other people Pat Fryermuth, Brevin Jordan, even though it's a good tight end class. It's a good he's a tight end one in a very good tight end
1: class. Yeah. And honestly, he's almost like if you don't even want him to play tight end, if you're just like hey, big receiver, you can play receiver for us. He's He could be a first round pick at just receiver. Like, mm-hmm. He's that good. His ball skills are fantastic. Two really nice adjustments for scores in this one. Dude, the adjustments are great. I mean, yeah. And then the highlight real one to me was the stiff arm downfield. Just blazes past. I think it was a safety and then stiff arms him and then just like striding away from cornerbacks like I, I, I'm very curious to see what he's going to run uh whatever the number is it's, he's more than fast enough for me yeah he's like I said tight end one this guy could be he's probably gonna be a top 10 pick really I, I wouldn't be surprised I me mean, if TJ Hawkinson can be a top 10 pick fair this guy no, could that's be a top 10
0: that pick. is actually super fair I had a text from a guy who I know who coaches on the Florida coaching uh Florida staff and he said if I could send out the the videos of Kyle Pitts in practice he wouldn't have to play another college game that's how good this guy is going against Florida's defense every day so uh Pitts I'm all on board man his tape was awesome I would encourage everyone to go back and watch all of his targets it was it was an incredible game um you also want to highlight Elijah Moore
1: yes the Ole Miss receiver better known for peeing uh and costing himself with getting oh the pee celebration celebration yeah I didn't know he was known Uh, for that I'm pretty sure that was him um (laughs) But he's like a little undersized slot type receiver in that offense. But he went for over 200 yards in this one monster game against that Florida secondary. He's got some speed, got some nice wiggle after the catch. Four broken tackles on 10 receptions. He said 227 Ooh. yards. He kind of just burst on the scene. Like this guy did not do much last year. Something like 800 yards. Uh, not a super smaller guy, five nine, one eighty five. Yeah, like a, definitely a slot type of wide receiver. But that was an encouraging start. He had some nice plays. Separating, running down the football field. I, I think he's going to run. It looked like he was pretty fast, like four-four type of guy in this one. So, uh, wasn't on my radar much heading to the season, but now he is. What was your opinion of uh, Ole
0: Miss not going with John Rice Plumlee? Dude, yeah, I was kind of pissed. I was pissed as well. I was excited to watch him. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, Florida just like kind of trounced him, but yeah. I, I wanted to see Plumlee
1: back there at play, playing QB. That guy's electric. I mean, legitimately. It, one of the best runners in the country, he could play <laughs> running back in the NFL. This guy, I, I um, concerned. I'm very sad that we didn't see
0: him. Uh, the quarterback that did play opposite of um, Plumley. There was Kyle Trask, earned a 90.9 overall grade in this one on 70 total snaps. He looked very
1: good. You are now, you uh,
0: are you on board with the Kyle Trask Josh Allen comp? I saw that stirring up on Twitter a little bit. I'd be interested to know your take. No,
1: I'm not. But he's it, Josh Allen's far more mobile. Kyle Trask truly is. I think pocket passer like we haven't seen a guy I'm trying to think of the last guy who really didn't have any any sort of that aspect to his game and any sort of like second chance because like Baker Darnold they had Kyler Daniel Jones all these guys yeah they all had some of that I really don't think Trask does it's really not going to be his game he's just going to be a pocket passer you know stick it in there sort of guy so uh very encouraging and this is what everyone was sort of predicting that we'll Miss, not a great defense, not going to be the one you hang your hat on uh, You know, by, at the end of the year, not going to be the one scouts go back to and study in depth. But, you know, box ticked week one there.
0: Good for him. Uh, we also got to bring up KJ Costello, Dude. who set the SEC on fire, him and Mike Leach. We got to throw Mike Leach in there, mm-hmm. but set the SEC on fire, really thrived in that offense, just putting it up where it needed to be and letting the guys cook, really.
1: Yeah, and, and it wasn't all great. Like he had some ugly plays there on tape. Uh, he had that one fumble. Yeah, that would just never should have done outside the pocket. Oh, can we was... talk?
0: Can we take a pause? Yeah, Brock Purdy, what was that pick? Or it wasn't even charted as a pick because he threw it backwards. That was honestly one of the worst plays I've ever seen a quarterback make. It was honestly one
1: of the worst passes. I don't know ever how seen. he still threw a spiral being like spun around. It was on a rope. And he just like the, th- <laughs> he put it, it on. It was
0: a, the most accurate pass to a defender I I honestly saw in, I, in a few years now. It was like literally right to him. It looked planned. I yeah. maybe I I'd like to hear if he thought that was, that like, was like his, his boy. Offensive. Like I I think or not. His boy, that would make his it teammate.
1: that would make it an awesome play if he's like, <laughs> "Oh, I thought that was my guy and he puts it."
0: I hope he's on saying him. that now. Honestly, but even if it wasn't that, I no, hope he's saying that I now. I think he
1: was just trying to throw it away which Good Lord, what are you doing in that situation? But
0: Back to Costello, I apologize. An 80.5 grade in this one, um, I thought, looked really good in Mike Leach's offense. And I think that Leach offense is going to... I mean, if you play man coverage at the rate that LSU did and you're going to let them just toast you across there, yeah. it's not going to look good. I mean, they, they, had, they had Derek Stanley didn't play in this game, mm-hmm. and I think we all knew that very quickly.
1: Yes. And the thing I liked about Costello in this one some good ball placement but he was so much better under pressure than what we saw last year under pressure last year was a disaster he had 268 passing yards in this game under pressure average 9.9 yards per attempt when he was under pressure I, and i thought he got rid of the ball also well under pressure <laughs> 30 dropbacks under pressure and only took three sacks so i do think that that was probably, to me, the most encouraging thing. But, yeah, the stats were insane. That's, 268 yards under pressure. SEC's not ready, for, just not ready for that offense.
0: 268 yards under pressure and 355 from a clean pocket. That is just absurd. I know uh, Seth Kalina, our analyst here, our uh, college analyst at PFF, wrote a piece on the air raid being back in the SEC. I would encourage you all to go to PFF.com and check that out. All right, last guy we're going oh, to i,
1: I, I got to bring up Tyrell Shavers, Mississippi State oh, wide yeah, receiver. Oh, yeah, yeah. No clue who this guy really is. He's six foot six, two hundred pounds. Transferred from Alabama to Mississippi State. Six six two hundred? Wasn't yeah, wasn't even really a starter, but he had one of the dopest releases I've ever seen against LSU for his touchdown uh, reception he had in that game. He's interesting, and then and he also had a play where he uh, crossing around, breaks a tackle, and then lowers his shoulder into a DB and just puts him in the turf. So I don't know who this guy is, but those two plays were pretty sweet. You know what? A, I'm a just good curious would be? to watch. Ooh. Good
0: segment would be like small sample size, scouting. like gem or yeah. something like that. Need to think one of a play beer,
1: one place scouting, one
0: place scouting. scouting. Need to think of a beer or a, a bar tie to it, but we'll we'll make it work. That's a good idea. Uh, the other guy we want to raise a glass to on the offensive side of the ball is Jalen Waddle. Came out of the gate and looked good, really good. I, I thought Jalen Waddle played a, a really good game. The contested catch between two guys was awesome. I thought um, continues to show out with speed. Looks great after the catch. He showed, I mean, the hands, the route running ability, downfield ability, yards after the catch. It's everything you want yep. in a receiver. And I think uh, Jalen Waddle, you continue to play like that, especially with Back Jones, who dropped a dime in the back of the end zone for Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle on that score. I think Jalen Waddle, one, is going to put up a shitload of numbers in this offense, even with the limited schedule. And two, I think he's going to play his way into a first round lock.
1: Yeah, basically, like we had seen all that stuff before. It just, he barely played. Mm-hmm. You know, he was barely featured in that offense at all, but we had seen it. And all we wanted to see this year was that continue just playing every single snap. And I think week one, Missouri... 100%. 100%. That's what we saw. That continued playing everything step.
0: All right, let's continue to raise the glass and we'll go to the defensive side of the ball. I think the leader in uh in the Power 5 in grade this past week was Ali Gay. The uh, or uh, Ali Gay for the LS, for LSU 12 total pressures in this game, over a 90.0 overall grade. A lot of the pressures came easy. I mean, 12 pressures sounds like a monster, but it was not all of them were like they... true pass rush wins, but you got to give credit where credit's due. Tip your cap when you're putting on freaking what? 12 pressures in a single game. That's pretty awesome to see.
1: Yeah, and he's so JUCO transfer to LSU. Never played, obviously played JUCO last year. He's six foot six, two hundred and sixty. The guy is stiff as a board, but he is powerful. And that's how he got you know, to twelve double digit pressures. And this one also got double LJ Collier comp or ooh, that's not terrible. But that I mean, that's the type of player he plays like. Uh, a lot of bull rush, a lot of just pushing OTs back into the pocket. Uh, a name to watch i'll say who is again not on my radar because we'd never seen him in college football before but yeah
0: jabril cox also had a, a pick six, pick six. In that, that game. was a
1: really nice pick six I it thought.
0: was uh rodarius williams the ok state cornerback number eight six foot 195 two really good games so far this year has played over 130 or 130 snaps mm-hmm. has an 87.3 grade on the year and this past week earned an 89.4 coverage grade four targets zero receptions, four pbus
1: yeah that I mean, is a day my friend he hasn't given up any yards on this season? Been targeted seven times, five pass breakups on the season. He's a four-year starter. Uh, That's wild. I know, right? And he's not a terrific athlete, but six foot one ninety-five. He's got good enough size. Um, that was a very encouraging like start to the year. He was like in hip pockets there for West Virginia. Now West Virginia doesn't run like the most complex of concepts also, on the West outside. Virginia's a lot of just goes bad. That helped. Yeah, that that helps him too. But <laughs> I did think it was a very just. Like, like i said for a guy who wasn't on my radar that was a that was a put put you on the map type of performance uh speaking of
0: west virginia uh if you don't recall a few short episodes ago with- i was praising jared daigie for two really nice throws at the intermediate level now i'm here trying to delete that episode from the podcast because he looked like ass this past week, I had West Virginia on the money line, believing, right. believing in my guy, Daigie. And uh, <laughs> that, that was so hard to watch. I, I feel like he looks like a totally different player from, a, from an awareness perspective. Like he just didn't handle pressure well. I, I was freaking upset, man. That, 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 he did not look good in this game. Tried to tell you.
1: That Eastern <laughs> Kentucky game was a quintessential Eastern Kentucky has no clue what the hell they're doing defensively yeah, yeah. against this West Virginia offense sort of game. And just taking candy from a baby as soon as it got a little more difficult now, Daggy played well last year, like I'm not taking away from but this one was it got ugly there. He had some throws that were just wildly off target took five sacks as well um not great Sorry, I mean. Buddy. There were people
0: – I, I won't name names. There were people you know, thinking about Diggie as a Heisman candidate this past week uh, that did not end up panning out, and I don't think <laughs> we're going to see that for that, see that kind of banter for a while here. All right, in that 52-10 loss, mm. we're going to pour one out on the defense side of the ball, and it's Florida State, the entire team. They were looking awful out of and the game. Me. In,
1: in, and
0: you. We're pouring you of. out as well. <laughs> did you get on Old Takes Exposed again get, this past no, week? No,
1: but I have gotten that tweet just retweeted at Dallas. I'm here. The people <laughs> – Have you muted it yet? It might be worthwhile. No, I don't really care. It's actually your own. It actually cracks me up to to see people still like care about it. But I will continue to say they're not even like playing the guys who are their best defenders. Mm -hmm. Kane does hurt, and so. That's my only defense I have, because the rest of it's Corey Durden, 18 been, been pass rush.
0: It. <laughs> Corey Durden, 18 pass rush snaps in this game, zero pressures. Cool. Marvin Wilson, 27 pass rush snaps in this game, one pressure. No defender had more than two pressures in this game against Miami's offensive line, which is a bad offensive line. It's it's better than it was last year, but it's still not a great one. To not show up against this, this team is really, really concerning. I don't think they had a single defensive player earn a grade above 77.0 in this 52-10 loss, surprising no one, but... Even offensively, we haven't seen a lot from Florida State. I I, I I thought this was an offense and defense that had some prospect
1: level talent. Oh, Tomorrow Ontario
0: Tomorrow Ontario, Asante Samuel Jr., I'm still just not seeing any of these names really Yeah, stacked. the fact
1: that their defense sucks is that's on US coordinator. Like there's talent there. Like they shouldn't be getting blown the way they have. But they're playing Fabian Lovett more than Marvin Wilson. Fabian Love I don't know who that is but he's played more snaps (laughs) at defensive tackle than marvin wilson
0: something's going wrong in florida state and it's going to continue to go wrong for as long as they don't play their top guys but uh last segment of the podcast here is going to be the fake id segment tip your cap to isaiah spiller the texas a&m running back multiple force missed tackles in this one a handful of big gains what eight carries for how many yards
1: 114 was it something like that he's uh he's a chonk this guy 6'1", 225 he is thickly built 117 yards excuse me 5 broken tackles on 8 carries Uh, he started actually last year as a freshman 957 yards last year broke 28 tackles on 173 carries that's a pretty good sort of number there for a true freshman (laughs) this guy uh, not fast Definitely not fast whatsoever. Kellen Mond actually broke a long run. Kellen Mond's like catching up to him, passes him to try to block for him. It was That's that was kind of scary But this guy is it very much a he's not a true freshman Scherner though, is he? Between the tackles, I think he's no, he's a sophomore now, but it, he was a true freshman last year. So ten
0: snaps in this game, he got eight on eight of them. He got carries and rushed for 117 yards, four first down, three of those carries going for ten plus yards, and forced five missed tackles. Have yourself a day, fake ID. We're letting you into the bar. That's going to close for the review podcast we're always doing these at late four on monday around four o'clock and then we do another podcast early wednesday morning definitely encourage you all to check out the wednesday podcast where we preview the nfl and college football week four slate i'm not saying college football week Perfect. five anymore it's not going to happen before you do that make sure you rate and review the podcast it helps mike you know live the life he wants to live put dinner on the table have two gym memberships maybe three get haircuts weekly i used to have three right rate- you now Rate and review the podcast. Make sure you do that. But uh, thanks again, guys. Austin Gale, Mike Renner, 2-4 Drafts.